Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, we've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And as a cancer survivor myself, I know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that. Uh, his wife, Kelly, has set up a GoFundMe account at gofundme.com slash f slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039s hyphen butt. Uh, and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that. Again, that's gofundme.com slash F slash Matthew dash kicks dash cancer 039S dash butt. Matt Herring was the first, I guess you could say, true Superhouse fan. We were Superhouse at that time. You know, the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us, talked about us, and um, he's from a town close to where I'm from, and uh, so we share that as well, and just a huge superhero fan, and, you know, nerd like the rest of us, and now he's going through that, and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said, that would be truly appreciated just hang in there matt you'll beat this thing soon life is good but it can be better and come on inside buddy whoa that's some great armor where'd you get that from don't know why your helmet is still on it's pretty safe here you're behind some guards and all that that might they're pretty well trained i just got these guards recently actually <laughs> but anyway how's it going buddy First rule, I don't take off the helmet. This is the way. Wow. Rules already, huh? Uh, I'm not really a rule guy myself, but, um, so, uh, what brings you in here today, buddy? We, I've had a lot of meetings today. I've heard you've been granting wishes to people. I was curious if you happen to know the Jedi. I have absolutely no idea, but I'm sure they're great. Uh, anyway, let's just get right to it. Say the wish. I wish for Grogu to come back. That armor is a bit too strong. It does. It's kind of causes some interference with with me. Let's put it that way. It sounds like you're making stuff up. Hey, it's worked out for me so far, buddy. So, um, no helmet off. No, no deal, man. But you do love your son, though, right? I mean, why just take take the fucking helmet off, man? You're saying in order for me to get my son back, I have to take the helmet off. It's what it's seeming like to me as far as I've seen so far. I mean, I have a son. I don't give a shit, but you seem to give a shit, so... <sighs> All right, fine. I've already done it like three times anyway. Whoa! Holy snickerdoodles! I told you you look like me. Well, hold on a second. You're the most handsome man I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, I usually don't give compliments, but in this case, I have to agree. All right, I wish for Grogu to be back. Your wish is granted buddy and now i'll take your armor <laughs> son of a bitch i knew there was a price this is great oh wait now no one can make wishes on me all right well if you're gonna take my armor i'm just gonna take your son you don't give a shit about him anyway oh wait a second and i need a replacement 
Alistair, stay away from that guy. He's a weirdo. He's not gonna tell the difference. He just thinks that I'm you. God damn it, I've been double-crossed. Next, on season three of The Mandalorian, Mando takes care of Alistair Lord. Thanks, Papa. <laughs> And welcome to another edition of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, brought to you by Superhouse. In our part two of Wonder Woman Did What? Wonder Woman 1984 Deep Dive. <laughs> uh, once again, I am Ben, and with me is... I am Andrew, and thanks for bringing me in, as always, Benatavius Maximus <laughs> Aurelius Third. Yes, thank you. Ready and to do for, this uh, shit. Giving my Roman name out to, to the yes. uh, audience. I'm sorry today. to give your full Roman name out, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing I need to get used to it. My, yeah. You know, my obvious Roman heritage. Yes. My nice Roman nose. For sure. Uh, <laughs> you got it. So I wanted to uh, start this off. So obviously, if you guys haven't heard part one, then go back and listen to our part one on it where we covered our opinions on Wonder Woman 84 and uh, did pretty much a deep dive into yeah. all the comic book, conversa- comic book connections up through Max Lord's introduction to Barbara at the museum. But we're going to uh, cover something else before <laughs> that, correct? Before we, we jump are in? Going to c- we're going to cover a whole bunch of stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> But in terms of, uh, I mean, we addressed this in part one, but in terms of the answer to what Wonder Woman did. Uh, Wonder, in terms yeah, of what I Wonder feel like Woman we should just open this up again. Okay, so yes, we're recording yes, this so before we even ahead. release part one of yes. uh, this Wonder Woman series. So we don't mm-hmm. yet know the comments. As of this right. recording, right? Um, yes. So that's a that's a thing that we're dealing with now, but we you know anticipate at least some comments concerning that. And um, uh, well, I was thinking we just kind of break break it down why we had these opinions about sure. what happened. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can still keep going, right, Ben? Yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> okay, all right. So. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but okay. So the reason we said it was rape is because th- they use a guy's body. They they the the soul the his Steve Trevor's soul hijacks this body, and it, from what we can tell from the movie, the magic involved doesn't change the body at all. Wonder Woman in the movie says, "All I see is you," but they're look. He's yeah. she's. Uh, Steve Trevor's looking in the mirror like, wow, look at this body. Well, isn't isn't Steve Trevor seeing the other guy? He is seeing the other guy. Yeah, right. Also, I rewatched the scene where they wake up together the next morning where yeah. they clearly had sex, and Wonder Woman says, and I quote, I have to investigate how my boyfriend returned in another man's body. So <laughs> she knows, and she knows that after she slept with him. It's 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 bad. It's, it's just bad. And look, I don't think it was... Um, I don't think Patty Jenkins went into this movie saying I want Wonder Woman to rape somebody. I no, think it was. I, I, I think agree. it's. A, I, I think it's oversight, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a mistake they made. Uh, but it's just the, the movie kind of goes out of its way to make it rape. I probably said that in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have had the magic. It's magic, so you can just make up the rules, and people will be like, "All right, you know, we got a magic. We got a lasso of truth, yeah, motherfucker." Back. Yeah. You know what I mean? She so can't like, be the only one who asked for a dead loved one back. 
Yeah. During make this film. Appear out of thin air and it would have been fine. But they did mm. this body switch thing and it just doesn't. It's just it, it's like you said, I believe your wording was originally incredibly problematic. <laughs> yes. It's like the words it, right out of my head. Yeah, it really is. And I, I wish I wish it wasn't this way because it really just kind of ruins for me. And other, like there's problems with the movie other than this, but. It would have been all right, you know. It would have been all right if it didn't have. Yeah, you this wouldn't have aspect. had a moral objection to something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have been an okay movie, and a lot of people seem to have not noticed this part, but it's definitely there, and people are bringing it up. Mark Bernardin mm-hmm. brought it up in Fat Man on Batman, um, things mm-hmm. like that, and Kevin Smith apparently Kevin Smith agreed, didn't yeah. really notice it, but he mm-hmm. kind of agreed after. I think he was still processing it as Bernardin was right. telling him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's. I, I don't want to seem, seem like we're overly virtuous or virtue singling or signaling or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. I've said some, like I've said, I've said non-woke stuff on here before probably. <laughs> you know, we're all human, but it's kind of a problem for a superhero movie. And right. a body was hijacked. It's almost like fucking a coma patient. <laughs> you know, they Pretty fucked much. a coma patient, kind of. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 just, it's ridiculous. Um so uh, am I missing and anything? And it didn't even ben? need to be there. Yeah, it didn't need to be there at all. It's the problem. Also, the problem is other than it just being rape, it's so easily avoided. I know. Yeah, that's that's the next worst part I think about this. Yeah. Um, <sighs> and then we well, had what Patty Jenkins actually addressed Patty this on Jenkins Twitter. Somewhat uh, addressed this. So what happened was there was a user at Dusty Don't Shoot. Uh, yeah. He who was retweeted by Patty Jenkins, and in his tweet he talked about his defense for this trope saying quote my defense of patty jenks and wonder woman 1984's usage of the body swap trope plus a link to the body swap movies wiki linking respected people i follow but anyways inside the the tweet said quote i'm linking the wiki to body swap movie genre if you can't see that patty jenkins was playing with that trope and even intentionally pointing out the problematic nature that all these movies have to skirt around then i think you need to re-examine a beloved 80s fantasy movie like big with tom hanks where he, as a 12-year-old in an adult body, has sex with an adult female, making her a statutory rapist by default. <laughs> also, uh, two, the movie implies that if you revoke your wish, then much of the impact of your wish is revoked. Hence, even the sex Diana had with the guy possessed with Steve may have actually been eradicated from the movie's fabric of reality. Let's break so it down, problems. Ben. Let's break so it down. Go ahead. I have with this. Go ahead. Uh, so, first off, <laughs> he says, Patty Jenkins was playing with that trope and even intentionally pointing out the problematic nature that all these movies have to skirt around. My question is, how is she pointing out the problematic nature when she's clearly not, Wonder Woman is aware not. of it and still having sex with Steve in it? There's nothing, there's no like, hey, Steve, we got to back, get back in your body. Oh, why? Well, because you're taking over some other guy's body. I don't want to do anything to him. This guy had a life. and Like, imagine if that was part of it and part of it was simply <laughs> trying to give him his own body back throughout the movie. It, this movie's crowded enough as it is. I'm not saying that should have been a subplot versus just bringing his back in his own body. But if you're going to be pointing out problematic natures of tropes, then have your characters point out the problematic nature of those tropes. Don't yeah, just they didn't say they, they're just like, oh, we're making an homage to Freaky Friday. You know, yeah, that's what it yeah. really felt like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where it's just like, okay, so you're aware of it, but your characters clearly aren't aware of it and you don't make any <laughs> point whatsoever in the entire thing. Yes. To say that uh, this is problematic. You're just saying it's problematic after the fact. The second thing is, okay, sure, it's problematic in big with Tom Hanks. But my thing is, just because another movie has the same problem doesn't mean that this movie 
doesn't have any problem either. I could. Like just because that's, it was accepted you've big. just described what I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe the mm-hmm. term is whataboutism. What about yeah, big? Yeah, you, you brought blah, that blah, up blah, when, blah, I, when I first showed you this tweet, where it was just like, yeah. okay, well, they're both problematic. How about that? I know. Like, uh, two wrongs don't make a right, man. This, <laughs> exactly. Like, there's a scene. Exactly. I, I know you have more to say, but just real quick. Yep. There's a scene mm-hmm. in, what, Revenge of the Nerds, where a guy puts on a Darth Vader costume, and mm-hmm. this girl thinks that, that gu- the guy is her boyfriend or something, and they go have sex in this super dark room at a carnival or something, like a bouncy mm-hmm. house or whatever. Su- supposedly super dark in there. So she doesn't mm-hmm. know who she had sex with. It, this is like the same thing. Like, it, it's just pr- problematic. It's exactly. It's exactly. It's, they probably thought it was cute for some reason back then, but mm-hmm. you know, we've had some social progression over the years, and you know, you have like from um, what do you call it, uh, birth of a nation, like the extreme example, <laughs> yes. to mm-hmm. to now. You know, and of course, things aren't perfect. It's a Star Trek thing. We're trying to work towards perfection. We're not quite there. We'll never be there, but we should. Right. So it's like Superman. We'll never really be there, but we should at least strive towards it. And um, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, you know, and yeah, anyway, go ahead. What was the rest? Yeah, yeah. The other one was on how he's talking about, well, this was all undone anyway by the end. But I'm just like, that doesn't, that also doesn't mean that. The rape was justified. Like, just because you can undo your crime doesn't negate the fact that crime happened in the first place. (laughs) No, it's just. (laughs) But magic. That's a a cop out. That's a cop out. That is a cop out. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. Where it's like, okay, but so what? Like, she didn't. She also didn't know that that was going to be a thing. Like, she didn't have sex with Steve being like, "Eh, this is all going to be undone anyway. Uh, She didn't know that. Yeah, she 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 willingly takes. And they're probably thinking, well, it's one woman's one chance to be with her love again, but it's it's still like you're taking that one chance to fuck a coma patient, <laughs> essentially. Right. Yeah. You know, and to like, fuck that body. It's like, it, it, I think that some of this runs into people's like, um, how they feel, how much the mind controls the body. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if the mind totally is Steve, is it really that body? But dude, it's still like. Um, Take out the soul stuff. Imagine just a brain switch. Yeah. It's still that body, man. It's just like, it's just the magic only goes mm-hmm. so far in this instance. It's just not great. The other thing, too, about big is even that is problematic, but it's actually less problematic because um, both consent to it. You know what I mean? Like both knowingly consent. I hear what you mean. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. she thinks she's with an adult. So right. and he's mm. just a kid that wa- I'm not saying it's right, yeah, yeah, at all. Yeah. But I'm just saying I'm saying it's better actually. And this in wonder it's be- it's better because at least there's two consenting, but one's technically illegal, but they're t- they're consenting. Okay, Wonder Woman mm, right. has essentially I mean. three parties, one unconsenting. Yeah. So it's more problematic. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree on that. So. Uh, yeah, so both problematic, but Wonder Woman eighty four more problem- problematic is what we're saying. Yes, uh, for that, yes. Just to clarify for the for the audience out there, and uh, I agree with this again. It's just the worst part of it is how avoidable it was. Just <laughs> yes. bring him back in his own body. Why do we have to have an extra actor in here just to be a stand-in for a couple scenes? Like it's and just to have a guy smiling at her ridiculous. in a fucking Christmas parade or whatever the fuck that was at the end. Who gives a <laughs> yeah. fuck? Like, uh, dude, I don't need that shit. Yeah. You know, wh- yeah. 
I'd I'd rather just see her move on in another way. I mean, I I don't know, dude. Yeah, that's another. Make thing. him appear out of like thin air. Just make him. Just it's just so easy. It's so easy. Wonder Woman is a goddamn immortal, and for seventy years she just doesn't find she doesn't find anybody. Versus this one guy that she knew for like a week. Dude, Steve Trevor has one magic dick. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's Chris Pine. But still, he's um, rocking like. Burt Ward times two up on that motherfucker. I don't know. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, honestly, dude, again, I forgive so much. I could, for, I could forgive her not getting over Steve get Trevor it. for for seven years. I just can't forgive this stupid body swap thing. Again, thin mm-hmm. air, thin air. I honestly yep. think. Hear me out. If anybody's over at Warner Brothers, you got to re-edit this. I know that. I know that there's a. Um, it's dangerous to do art by committee. I get mm-hmm. it. This whole mm-hmm. like, you know, we've seen it with with Justice League kind of already. But mm-hmm. you have a it's a kids movie slash young adult PG thirteen. There's people having sex in it. I know yeah. that it's not for it's not like it's not like Frozen. It's not like that young. But still, it's kind mm-hmm. of like skews young. It's PG thirteen. On right. top of, I mean, even if it was rated R, it's supposedly the hero of the movie. Mm-hmm. rape somebody and uh, it's and you know they just let it slide it's just not mm-hmm. I don't know I mean what do you think do you think they should re-edit it I don't know if they will I mean it's just so ingrained in it I'm not even sure how they would edit his return because a big part of it is just them reuniting at the party you know <sighs> dude like, I mean how much important information is given in that um, bedroom I know scene? but it's just how do you cut that like, how do you cut around that? Cause it's, Can you it's cut it entirely? Does it give any information away other than the body thing? Well, it's, it's the reunion. Like, if you cut the actual reunion, then suddenly she's walking with Steve by the Washington Monument. Like, you need the reunion scene, but 90% of the reunion scene is her talking to the other actor. Was there a longer cut of them meeting at that dance? You know? I don't know. It depends. Uh, it depends on that or what part Chris Pine yeah. was there for. Yeah, uh, right. I, I, I just think that... It, you know, I I was never really like for. I mean, I, it's cool that we're getting the Snyder League and all that, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, that would have been fine. It would have been fine if we didn't get that. But like with this, it's just it's just such a big error, and it, yeah. I feel like maybe they could do a couple little cuts and they could kind of cut around it. And there's been no physical release either, so they hope maybe they don't have to like make any recalls yet with the production. Maybe they already yeah, have some of that already made. I don't know. But yeah. it's it's just I think it'd be I think it would do the superhero movie movie history actually a service to kind of redo this this part. Yeah. I mean that's the question is I, I don't know if they really will. They probably it. won't, no, but I think it, they should. It's, it's Yeah. Yeah, I see, I hear what you mean. I hadn't thought about that possibility of them doing it, but it's uh it is what it is because like even if they do re-edit it, it's like we still know. <laughs> like we still know that that was part of it. <laughs> we, but if you re-edit the movie document. entirely, we could say uh, uh you know, <laughs> ripped rip, stripped from canon in a sense, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever the Wonder so. Woman canon is, like mm-hmm. it it'd be enough. It would be enough. Yeah. Um yeah. <sighs> Dude, oh, it's man. just it's just it's just bad, man. It's just bad. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, uh, that does answer the question, Wonder Woman did what? So 
<laughs> moving on. Hate to start moving on such a, such a bummer, man, but it's got, it's got to be addressed. Cause That's not, how we started part one as not, well. Not every, yeah, not everybody is really catching it. I didn't. I was like, I, Andrew, what do you think of this movie? And you're just right out the gate. You're just like, Wonder Woman raped somebody in this. I'm like, okay, we're starting that way this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. It kind of had to, It just had to be because. Yeah, I hear you. Because because of what it is, it's it sucks. Mm-hmm. I don't think I processed it entirely at first either because I just couldn't believe that mistake was made. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, it, it was just, dude, dude. I was somewhat horrified while watching. I was like, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not good. <sighs> how, do they, right, well, how do they miss this, man? How do they miss it? It's just, it's I don't just know. wild like, to me. You have screenwriters. You have the people doing it on set. The people editing it later, like you have multiple people, studios approving, and not once did somebody be like, "Eh, this is this is not good." This one part, from a moral standpoint, not just from a script standpoint, but from a moral standpoint. And superheroes and are all about morals, that man. That's why it's so it it, it it fucks your sensibilities. It really the whole does. Part of this movie is about like realizing the truth and being okay with the truth. <laughs> the truth is, Wonder Woman, <laughs> you're really fucked up. Uh, on this part, so it, it's it's a shame, uh, really. There's other, yeah. obviously, there's other stuff to talk about in this movie on it, but which we'll go into. But it's we just have to bring it up because it's just a huge oversight that we can't, uh, we really can't ignore. So uh, yeah, yeah, you can't. On to happier news. Yeah, uh, we got. I wanted to update everybody on the final polls because when we recorded part one, the polls were not finished yet in terms of the final results. So. In terms of what people thought of it, Twitter was just kind of really divided. 42.9% liked it. 42.9% said it was okay. And then 14.3% hated it. Okay. Uh, Instagram was very different. Instagram stories, only 43% said they liked it. 57% said they hated it. So oh, wow. it's, uh, again, still continues to be divisive uh, on that. So anyway, let's uh, dive into some of the comic book connections that we uh, got here. So we left off on... Maxwell Lord and who he is in the comics versus who he is in the movie and Max gets some extra scenes as we start following his character as he goes back to the Black Gold uh, Corporation where we meet his son Alistair I was personally like his assistant has to alert him that his son is there but doesn't tell him that that other dude is there like it's kind of messy because the guy's like just randomly appears and he's and you're like Simon I didn't know you were here yeah it's sloppy Uh, all around but I'm sure we'll get to it so the the older gentleman who's there is Simon Stagg, who is a comic book villain in uh, DC Comics. So he is the, the white-haired investor who confronts Max there, and he's partially responsible for the birth of Metamorpho. He calls him... The, oh, that's cool. But he, he calls... Is the guy that calls him a loser? Yeah. Okay, all right. Pretty much. The guy who calls yeah. him a loser, a con man, that type of stuff. Uh, yeah. And in front of his son. And this is uh, a character who's been in a lot of DC television stuff. He's He was created by Bob Haney and Ramona Freyden in The Brave and the Bold, number 57. Uh, okay. Metamorpho, of course, goes on to become part of uh, The Outsiders, or Batman and The Outsiders. Uh, he's played by a British actor named Oliver Cotton, who actually was in The Dark Knight Rises. Oliver Cotton? A, his name is Oliver <laughs> Cotton? Yeah, his name is Oliver Cotton, and he's English. Oh, man. Um, and he also played an Air Force general in The Dark Knight Rises. He's one of the dudes... One of the government dudes watching when uh, Bane is doing his uh, football stadium speech. Okay. You know, when it gets broadcast and they keep they cut off all the bridges and everything. So he's part of the he's been part of the DC universe as well. Uh, we've seen Simon Stagg and a whole bunch of other 
adaptations. He was in the Justice League cartoon, voiced by Earl Bowen. He was in Beware the Batman, voiced by Jeff Bennett, because they do a whole origin story of Metamorpho in that, and okay. uh, that stuff of Simon Stagg's daughter. Um, he's also in Young Justice. He was in Arkham Knight, voiced by Phil Proctor, and he was in an episode of CW's The Flash, uh, played by William Sadler, who's most famously known as Death in uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, yeah. As, yeah. as well as Bill, yeah. Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, yeah. He was set up as a villain to go after the the Flash only for Tom Cavanaugh to get out of his wheelchair and stab him to death. So <laughs> that was the end of Simon's tag in the CW-verse. There was a time where they, when, when Cavanaugh had, like, what, 400 roles in one episode? It was just getting, <laughs> like, I know you like that actor. We all like Cavanaugh. Yeah, but this but is But let's much. move on. This is the, 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 the multiverse of Cavanaugh's. I just, I was just like, that's the, actually, I think, the season I left. I, I just I can't I can't blame you. I can't take that many cav. Like I, I I like one or two, but that's about it. I think they should have just stuck stuck to two. One is the Reverse Flash, and then the Earth Two Harry Wells version was. It, it is could still be so one. simple. That's all they need. It could be so I know. simple. I know. I know. So uh, anyway, Barbara ends up uh, getting a whole makeover scene with the new dress, and then shows up at the party where she meets with Max. Uh, and this is what leads into apparently Patty Jenkins' favorite line is, uh, quote, one of the lines that kills me every time is when he talks to her about biotin. He's like, biotin makes you glow like a teenager. Yeah. Um, she, she says, you totally think he's going to say something romantic, but no, what attracts them is something else, a desire for improvement. So Yeah, that's the that fits it, They're hinting at the, like, the in inherent, um, you know, the sexist stuff, like, oh, you should be looking better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. uh, just always like a backhanded compliment almost, or I don't know. I feel like, yeah, that was like, well, it's not super subtle, but you know, so subtle for a mm -hmm. comic book movie. Maybe I don't know how to say it, but, uh, I like that line too. That was all right. You know, I, I yeah. wondered like how popular was biotin in the eighties too. I, I, I didn't even know what it was, honestly, until yeah. this was until that yeah. line in the movie. And by the implication of what he said, I got what it, what it was, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it works thematically. And then uh, Barbara and Max go over to her office so that he can get the stone. This is where things got a little weird for me because Max is, like, stealing the stone and he takes it behind his back. But then, like, the next time that Diana talks to Barbara about it, she's like, oh, I let him take the stone. And I was like, well, why didn't – why wasn't the scene about him just talking to her into giving her the stone? Why does he have to hide it behind his back as he's making out with her? That seems a little weird. Because um, it's uh, almost like he's like he steals it. It's like wait, no, he doesn't steal it. She just let him take it. I'm like, mm, no, okay. she's saying she let him. So so she knew that he was taking it, but then why would she? So she let him she do she makes she makes out with a billionaire, and she's mm -hmm. in, you know like a, she's a weak kind of a weak minded character, right? Mm -hmm. So she, uh, she probably you could I think that you could just assume that she. Uh, noticed it was gone the next day. It's like, oh, fuck, he stole it, which he did. But she doesn't want to look bad and make it seem like... she Maybe she doesn't want to make Max Lord seem worse than he is. So she says mm, maybe she yeah. let him take it. I don't think that's too much of it's an not, issue right there. It, it hasn't... It was kind of glossed over, really. And we never really see her opinion on the fact that he sort of brought her in to hook up, get the war rock, and then they, like, have no interaction whatsoever until the White House, like, two hours later. Uh, Let me tell you so something, I was ben, like, I can forgive really it. Weird. I know. I forgive that You can part. forgive so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Uh, anyway, what also happens at this party is the return of Steve Trevor, which we've definitely talked about. Um, yeah. But let's talk a little bit about the comic connections as well as the other actor playing the other Steve Trevor, Trevor who's he's yeah. credited as Handsome Man. But uh, He's Handsome poor, Man in the credits? Yeah, that's all he is. This guy doesn't even get a name, this man who was raped. Uh, actor Christopher Paloha is his name, and he played a vigilante named Darkstrike in the old Birds of Prey show in 2003. Well, goddamn. I never thought that years later I would be referring to him as the guy who gets raped in Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> we should have that guy on. Hey, man. <laughs> so what you think about that? You realize he got fucked over. Uh, <laughs> He's like, it well, seems... it was Wonder Woman. Yeah, but <laughs> technically you, you weren't around. You get the consent. Yeah. But I also saw some Twitter user... And this might be him stereotyping on just fashion stereotypes, but the guy also read into it a little too much and thought that that character was also gay. So Why? Uh, that's okay. Because of the fashion stuff, and I'm like, that's a stretch. I, there's nothing in there saying he's what his sexuality is. That reveals something is. weird about that guy. <laughs> that guy, yeah. Yeah, about the I actor agree. himself. That's uh, a, lot, a, lot of, <clears throat> a lot of straight dudes dressed like that guy I feel like I don't know I could be yeah. wrong also in the 80s you know like it was a different style back then he's kind of um, dressing especially in the um oh with all of his different outfits and the thing yeah but yeah but anyway yeah. but in the end when it's snowy he's, you know it's just like standard fine, uh, yeah. like damn near timeless kind of look you know mm-hmm. so yeah wintry yeah. wintry look alright so Christopher Paloha is also apparently it was implied based off of a Twitter exchange with Patty Jenkins that he was chosen because of his resemblance to actor Lyle Wagoner who played Steve Trevor in the 70s series with Linda Carter that's so interesting that's, okay it is interesting Lyle Wagner was also the other actor who auditioned to play uh, Bruce Wayne in the 1966 show before losing out to Adam West okay. so he's uh, another big part of the comic book lore uh, and everything, but I thought that was interesting with uh, that actor. Again, never thought I would be referring to him as the man who gets raped in Wonder Woman '84, but that's uh, that's that's his filmography. With uh, that's that's where he is now. It's gonna be a, it's his top four on uh, IMDb. It and, is. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, it's not his fault. Uh, it's, it was sort of a big break for him, probably as well. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not in the position to say something about. Well, he probably could have said something, but uh, I don't. I think it would fall on deaf ears coming from him, as hierarchical as Hollywood can be. Yes, you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I hear you on that. Uh, I so there's a few things with Steve Trevor in terms of his history because things get a little weird when it comes to Steve Trevor's comic book history that I thought I would address here in terms of when he's around and some versions. He, it's like in the Patty Jenkins first movie where he's there in the early well at that time it was World War Two yeah uh, but he's in the early World War but then like you need to like how do you age him up or she starts out in the 80s but you can't really have him be a World War Two pilot at that point like there's all sorts of stuff yeah so uh, he did obviously start off with her as a contemporary in World War Two uh, okay. and at some point uh, he was even somebody the plant the god Urs Kartiga. I'm probably butchering that, but Uzkartika is the god that helped bestow Cheetah her powers, but also okay. wanted to take over Steve Trevor's body at one point uh, and use it as a vessel. Uh, but uh, Wonder Woman and Cheetah ended up teaming up to stop Uzkartika from sacrificing Steve, so that part uh, got solved. But Uzkartika uh, is like a goddess, a Greek goddess. She's on. She's from Themyscira. 
I believe Bruce Carter is a he. Oh, okay. God, Greek god. I, I don't think they're from. I don't think they're from uh, Themyscira, but it does seem like some form of Greek god because you know it's the Wonder Woman universe on there. Um, Steve it's, it's, was killed it's off. At funny, some point. like all the Greek stuff, like in the DC universe mm-hmm. it's, that permeates it because of Wonder Woman. It's like mm-hmm. the the Norse stuff with Thor and uh, with Thor. Yeah, I in, agree. In Marvel, it's you know it's it's just it's it's funny. I like it. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. I think there I think there was a D, like a minor DC comics Thor at some point as well. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was probably rewritten after Rebirth and probably. all that shit. <laughs> shit, <laughs> yeah. but like, it's like they could have had Zeus versus Thor or Zeus versus Odin or something. That would have been sweet. Yeah. So uh, Steve d- did get killed off a few times in comic book history. Uh, he was resurrected by Aphrodite at one point and given the name Steve Howard. Uh, <laughs> Why? <which is> weird. <laughs> I don't know. So much and better. Steve, Should be Steve a Greek Howard, name. Steve Howard gets killed off again. So Steve Stephanopoulos. Uh, and then Steve was brought back as a double from another Earth who then merged with his original self because a writer named Dan Mishkin was just like, this is ridiculous. There's like three Steve Trevors. There's the original Steve Trevor, there's Steve Howard, and there's this double. So he just kind of merged them all into the same body and uh, <laughs> went on from there. So yeah, this whole thing about like Steve Trevor re- getting resurrected, brought back to life in somebody else's body or whatever, that's all kind of somewhat been explored. Right. But I don't know if it was as severe of a thing as it was here. So if you guys have read those comics, please comment below and let us know how it compares uh, on that. I just kind of know the facts about it, but I haven't read those myself. Okay. Uh, Let's see. We go into Steve Trevor has to adapt to the world, and we have a little mini montage where Wonder Woman takes him around. Uh, Chris Pine at one point uh, improvised his whole reaction to the breakdance where the guy is breakdancing, and he thinks that he's a threat, so he, like, backs away uh, (laughs) and tries to shield Wonder Woman from it. So that was kind of funny. Oh, my God. the one of Patty Jenkins' favorite scenes is not one of mine, where it's like Barbara is now popular at her job. Oh yeah, and everybody's laughing, and I'm just like, Kristen Wiig can be funnier than this. They just didn't really give her any material to be funny. Uh, yeah, something <laughs> wasn't. Uh, I don't know. They didn't. Um, yeah, take advantage really of, of that idea yeah. as much as they probably could have. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it felt like they maybe could have been trying to roll the film and having her improvise and they just pick the worst parts because I'm just like, this right. is not... This is whatever uh, on <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> not the worst thing uh, about it, though, I guess. Yeah, not the worst thing about it, considering what we've been talking about. Um, <laughs> Patty Jenkins said that if there was only there was only one scene she cut, which is Steve and Diana hailing a cab outside the Natural History Museum to get to the Black Gold Corporation where they... You know, find they the only cut one scene. That is why this movie is so goddamn long. Two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, it's long as hell in the middle. <laughs> she's like, yeah. They told me to be a little shorter. I'll cut this two-second scene of them getting a cab, and that's seemed about to it. have worked for him though. Have you seen this fucking box office numbers in the pandemic? Yeah, like, it was, it, dude, it. number two hit. That's not in the. You know, there were movies that came out in January and February. You know what the number mm-hmm. one movie of 2020 was? What was it? Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> it came out in like early February and it made oh, just enough it, number one dude number two <laughs> which was an other if it was in um, any other year it would have been technically mm-hmm. a bomb but number yeah. two as far as I remember was Dr. Doolittle <laughs> remember that shit the Robert <gasps> Downey Jr. That one was, I didn't I forgot that was even 2020 
Dude, the, the movies in January and February got got lucky as hell, dude. Yeah, they did. And now the Bad Boys for Life directors <laughs> are doing Miss Marvel or something. Really? For Disney, mm. yeah. I guess good for them then. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, but anyway, that was the only scene that was cut. <laughs> that's uh, they're hailing a cab, and that's so, it. That's just like not much to it. Yeah, she did say, "quote I cut out only parts of scenes, so maybe there's some other stuff on the cutting room floor that are like extended, but that's about oh, it." Oh yeah, not a full scene but cut. Yeah. No, you would think they would have cut the whole uh, body swap thing because that's kind of a, or at least, and then just reshoot how they reunite. Like that would have cut down significant fat <laughs> in terms of explaining that or having a bunch of other scenes on that but yeah whatever they get longer at the party cut the bedroom scene out entirely because the only information we get there is that she's raping him raping a body and that he eats pop tarts he eats pop tarts (laughs) he thinks that's weird and then like that's it like you don't really need much i think i think patty jenkins really does love the character and she can't oh i think so yeah she can't cut you just have a hard time cutting what you love you know which i i get um, yeah, but yeah, it's still but you have to. Yeah, you you need you need maybe that editor that just hates superhero movies and d- <laughs> make make that person do one cut and see what happens. You need you need Stuart Barrett on this. Stuart Barrett was the editor on Superman the movie who got fired like twice by Richard Donner because <laughs> they just did not agree. And then later on, Donner was like, actually, he was right <laughs> on like all the stuff, and that's why the theatrical cut is so much shorter than the three hour TV version. Right, right, for right. Superman the movie. Right. Right. Uh, but anyway, yeah. when we get back from the break, we will dive into the combo connections of stuff like the Dreamstone as well as the uh, Invisible Jet. The Dreamstone. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you after the break. Need some adventure in your life? What Mad Universe is a podcast about the history of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, where we delve the depths of pop culture history. Everything's the same politically, but we have ray guns. The the actual motive isn't to explore something that's, quote, scientifically possible or... But neither is Star Wars, and I know there's arguments about that, but I would definitely consider Star Wars science fiction. You haven't read Dune! No, I haven't. You can never be the Kwisatz Haderach. What Mad Universe on the Greenlit Podcast Network. There's only one way this ends, Cal. Either you die, or I do. Could you say that one more time? I said there's only one way this ends. Either you die, or I do. Okay, that's uh, that's two ways, pal. Uh, what? That's uh, that's two ways. Either option one, I die, or option two, you die. I know Earth numbers. I know how to count. Seems like you're having a bit of difficulty there. Um, I know you were trained for war and stuff, but, uh... Where were you trained in math? In a school? Well, um, yeah, I was, buddy. And, uh... Oh. I wish you had been as well. Maybe the, uh, I think maybe maybe the maybe the atmosphere atmosphere is giving you a little, little bit of trouble. I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt and, uh, say that you're just not breathing too well just yet. This atmosphere. Make it I to where know you can't Earth count. numbers. You know, you just can't... It's okay. You can't count. It's fine. Totally fine. I, I see Earth numbers behind you. Uh, where? You see those numbers? Right right there, where it says how many days left since the last accident. There's a zero. There's a quarksy. There's a numerical... Numerical icky. There's a... Okay. okay I know numbers. So, okay. Yeah, we're having some... <laughs> we're having some major problems here. You... The, the, it's, it's the number three back behind me. It's been three days since an accident. And, uh... 
I don't know why you're not even messing up one. You're seeing multiples when there's just one number behind me, but okay. All right, so let's quit this fighting right now. You're lying. You're just trying to distract me because you know I have the upper hand. I'm going to, uh, you know, bring in this Phantom Zone thing, and uh, we'll just put you in there for a while. It's just a little timeout. A little timeout, buddy. But no, no, no. numbers, number. I know my numbers. I, I will count them, Cal. I will, I will count them. I will count them! Alright everybody, if you like that sketch right there, we have that, plus news, plus we're bringing back some opinion pieces, and uh, review type stuff, and all kinds of stuff in our $5 tier on Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod, and if you become part of the $5 tier, you can see these new bonus episodes basically consider it superhouse dlc oh this is dustin lee massey at dustin lee massey from instagram and you're listening to superhouse and we're back we are and we're back to talk about the dreamstone so the dick stone as wolfie calls it <laughs> as wolfie calls it yeah so the the dick stone or the Bird dreamstone words like that's nothing <laughs> Let me, I got a real thing in my pants. So, <laughs> uh, apparently, there's a bunch of dreamstones or things that could be the dreamstone equivalent dreamstone in the comics, and one of those is from Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. Okay, uh, his yeah. main character. Morpheus, I'm aware of, of that, Ben. I've never yes. actually read it. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, they're great. They're <laughs> You're great. Not uh, fucking surprised. <laughs> I have the audiobook for it, actually. Oh, the one with uh, James McAvoy and everybody on Audible. I've listened to yeah, I listened to the first like twenty minutes of it. It's like the most produced audiobook I've ever heard. Oh, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a movie. It's it's an audio movie. Mm-hmm. So sound effects, yeah. music, different voice actors for every voice. Right. Um, Ray Porter, isn't it? The guy who plays Darkseid in the Snyder Cut. Yeah, it's it's so, good. That's cool. Uh, let's see. It's also known as the Materiopticon, I think is the pronunciation of it. Um, but okay. it's seen more as like a, it's like a fine cut gem as opposed to the dick rock that we saw in the movie. Um, okay. but it's still about, uh, making dreams a reality, uh, just along with different, different lines. But, uh, the, the Sandman Dreamstone, obviously it's not connected to Morpheus in the movie. It's connected to... Uh, the different names that Diana gives are the God of Lies, Dolos Mendasius, the Duke of Deception. Um, and the Duke of Deception is actually one of the first villains that Wonder Woman faced in 1942. So he's actually a Wonder Woman villain, this Duke of Deception. And that's what the, the Dreamstone so. idea comes from these guys? Uh, yeah, well, she, she flat out says that the stone, because the stone is related to a god in the movie and okay. she says that one of his names is the Duke of Deception so that's a one on one villain in the comics so you could say right. that that's he makes his presence at least in this movie who knows if they I don't think they're really going to have plans to bring him in as an actual villain in the future I think this is their equivalent to that yeah so we get to that but they Diana discovers all this and they're shocked and bring up that they need to get over to uh, Cairo and basically the problem is Steve Trevor doesn't have a passport or does he because he's taken over this guy's life and that guy probably does have a passport. That's the so, thing. The guy, yeah. we saw the way this guy was dressed at the end. This guy has some <laughs> money, looks like. <laughs> I don't yes. know. I mean, I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. he's probably got a passport. Um, yeah. He's probably, you know, a jet set individual uh, when he's not being raped by Gal Gadot. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. 
but uh yeah i'm sure that's possible yeah i don't know why they didn't think of that and then we get to the other territory once again that we are not qualified to talk about uh it being in the uh some of the kairos yeah some people yeah. have said so, some things about you know about that we talked about that if before. you want to know more about that look that up but we we won't be covering that simply because we're we're just not part of that that thing and yeah yeah it's stuff we need to research ourselves too if we want to learn more about it but anyway just to get to cairo though they have to get a plane and so diana for whatever reason thinks let's just randomly steal a plane from the smithsonian that'll have enough gas to get to cairo uh so Is that where that was? it was at the smithsonian i forgot actually yeah, it was the Smithsonian. They got a um, fucking runway there. The Smithsonian has a fucking like its own jet runway. It seemed like an airport, but Flower says the Smithsonian when they're on the way. So All right, like, comic book okay. universe. Smithsonian has an airport. Fine, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. So, but I'm also like Diana. Your response to this is you guys are just going to randomly steal this plane, <laughs> and she also conveniently forgets that there's radar <laughs> until she's in the aircraft. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Or she, for, she doesn't want to tell him immediately. She just want to explain it to him. She might have known about it, but she didn't. Right. It's desperate kind of times for desperate measures. <laughs> it's an important detail considering that, that they nearly got killed. She, and she's she has confident to turn it into and invisible. Turn, by the way, the, the visibility thing. What? A, what's yeah. This, uh, thing she does in the comics ever like. I I not that I'm aware of. However, in the comics, the invisible plane was built by Diana, but they didn't say anything about uh, in the original comics, at least in the 1940s. But I don't think there was anything about her turning random objects invisible. That's a whole other different thing. It might have. They probably should have. Does, does she do it via <coughs> the rope or something? Like I feel like it would have been in the comics or in no the in the movie. How does she make no, it? No, she just touches it. She just touches it and like really concentrates. I feel I feel like that should have been done by the rope, like <clears throat> or something. Yeah, because it's kind of out of nowhere. Because then it's like, well, why couldn't you use this invisibility thing on so many other things that have come yeah. up in this movie? So or like um, <clears throat> a one-time use, other relic she's gotten from ancient Greece or mm -hmm. something. Because maybe the rope doesn't have those powers. Just some other kind of like scapegoat kind of reason for turning it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a it's a minor, ultimately, but it still kind of, right. like, took me out of the movie a mm -hmm. little bit. Yeah, yeah, where it's, it, it was like, okay, I'm glad the invisible jet is here, but this is really the best way that you thought we could do this? This random plot yeah. point of, you know, don't have a passport for this random stranger we hijacked, and we're going to just steal this plane, and oh my god, people are coming after us for stealing this plane? I'm like, well, yeah, what did you expect, Diana? Like, that's going to happen. I, yeah, so. dude. I do like, to, on a positive note, Chris Pine talking about flying and uh, her ultimately combining that with how she, you know, she keeps that in mind that cool. every, every like time that. she flies herself, <clears throat> superhero flies. Um, I think um, that that's was good enough. That was mm -hmm. at least every time she flies, she probably has him in mind, or yeah, you know, it, yeah, she. That's like her tribute okay. to him. Tri yeah, yeah, like I like I like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but the reason why she had the invisible plane <clears throat> in the comics was because Wonder Woman couldn't fly originally. Right, right, um, right, right. So right. she needed that, uh, and then post Crisis and Crisis on Infinite Earths, Diana was able to fly, and that was kind of around the same time that the Barbara Ann Minerva Cheetah was introduced. So this is kind of a nice mix of of everything. 
the plane in the comics also is super fast, which is not established in this version because it's just a regular plane that she just turns invisible. Uh, but it's a little other thing that it's able to do. It also creates, uh, it also has some sort of mental radio for her to get like telepathic distress calls from really the mascara and stuff that was obviously not in the hair but it wasn't wow. it wasn't necessary i'm just kind of filling in details about the yeah, invisible plane yeah, that not yeah, a lot of yeah. people would know on it enriching but, uh, our lives with yes, superhero yes. knowledge so diana <laughs> apparently when she was younger created the invisible plane uh, however it could have just been her building it with materials as opposed to her just taking a plane and touching it like in this version um, okay apparently she wanted to do it because she wanted to improve on her mother's planes, which would be shot down in Man's World. So uh, that was kind of the, the reason why she wanted it to be invisible or transparent was because it would be shot down and, and everything like that. Uh, okay. Later on, there were other versions. There was a sentient and shape-shifting version called Wonder Dome. That's kind of weird. A sentient, kind of just invisible a sentient plane. So she got her own uh, you know, Knight Rider type of situation here. Uh, was in the 80s. It might have been. Plane. It might have been the, <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know when specifically the Wonder Dome thing came into play, but it does seem like it's it's along those lines. Okay. Uh, let's see. In terms of other parts of this plane sequence, someone brought up that Steve Trevor should know what fireworks are because they hey, were created way before World War One. So yeah. he's just like, "What's that?" And like. You should know what that is, unless we're interpreting it to mean like he's never seen a Fourth of July, Jul Fourth, you know, fireworks celebration. But I'm pretty sure that existed. Does he think it's bombs or something at first? He should know what they are though, because they were around in 1918. There's even a plot yeah. point in Wonder Woman one about like the hiding <laughs> stuff in fireworks. So, uh, what's that? Uh, <laughs> burp. Uh, and then I forgot I think everything. It was I think Mark Bernard brought up, like, does this thing even, that's been in the Smithsonian, does it even have enough gas to get to Egypt? <laughs> like, who knows? Dude, just so. honestly, <laughs> at, after everything else, I mean, yeah. It's, it's forgivable compared it's, to It's a valid point, man. but yeah, just that's something you just got to let go, man. It's just, yeah, yeah. That motherfucker has gas, whatever. <laughs> uh, but in Egypt, Maxwell Lord meets with a man named, and I might butcher this, my apologies, Amir Saeed bin Abidos, who is apparently in exile from Bialya or wants to continue the Bialyan legacy. And uh, Bialya is actually a fictional country in DC Comics. So uh, oh, the creator of this country is J.M. Dematius, and he made a comment on Twitter about Bialya, and here's what he said. I was amused and delighted to see the nation of Bialya referenced in Wonder Woman 1984. 30 plus years ago, as a joke, I named the country after Bialy, a traditional Jewish bread, like a bagel, but softer. And there it is in a major motion picture. The gods of Yiddish are surely smiling. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you very much. In 1987, uh, it was first mentioned in Justice League number two, which is one issue after Maxwell Lord's introduction into the comics. So that's kind of cool. Oh, shit. Um, this is the same country where apparently, <clears throat> I think they did this retroactively, but archaeologist Dan Garrett finds the blue scarab that turns him into the first blue beetle in this country. Oh, nice. Okay. So, so we're again, setting I think that, that up. 
Yeah, that was retconned because I mean I think it was retconned to be Bialia because Bialia didn't exist until the eighties. And Dan Garrett, they're the, sitting on the, something there, Garrett man, because they got like, you know, Marvels. They got like the first major black superhero mm-hmm. movie. They're gonna have Shang Chi come out soon. So yeah. first Asian one, and then. Mm-hmm. You know, DC, they're kind of like sitting on a major his, uh, Latino character, you know, could be, uh, you know, another Oh, if thing. they do the uh, Jaime Reyes yeah. version of him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I th- it's it's so <coughs> important, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, let's see. Bialia is also the neighboring country of Kondak. I might be butchering that. Kondak, uh, but yeah, or Kondak, maybe. I know what you're talking Kondak. about. This is, uh, what's, his, what's Bla- his name? Black Adam. Black Adam, yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, uh, he so wants to fight Cavill, apparently, in that movie. <laughs> yeah. In his movie. Bialia is known as the base for the horsemen of the apocalypse who went on to kill Black Adam's wife and brother-in-law, sending him into a fit of rage to go after all of them. So uh, that is part of the uh, 52 storyline. Not New 52, but the storyline 52 in two. It's time for the age of apocalypse. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you, know, you need to watch the X-Men cartoon, man. Some of the best voice acting ever. We'll cover that, yeah. Um Fans uh, will also recognize Bialia from uh, Young Justice because it shows up in the Young, Young Justice TV show uh, where it's a place run by Queen Bee. And she uh, is who's part of the, the villains, the light who are Beyonce's the, the in that motherfucker? <clears throat> Queen, yeah, Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> they got the Beehive. Her name is Queen Bee. I think it's Marina Sirtis from uh, The oh. Next Generation. Oh. It's Queen Bee. So. Where? When? Who? What? Where? She was in this movie? <laughs> yeah, as, Young Justice in Young Justice. Oh, and yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss out on Sirtis being in here? Sirtis is uh, Beyonce in in Wonder Woman 1984. Oh wow, that's not problematic at all. Um, <laughs> no, no. The mo- it's second most problematic. Second thing. Second most problematic rain. thing in this movie is <laughs> Marina Sirtis as, as Queen Bey. <laughs> oh shit! I don't see a problem with it. I don't see color. Yeah, I don't see color. That's a guess. Old Stephen Colbert joke. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't see color. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, big thanks to Den of Geek for that information on Bialia because uh, he would he would have frankly... guests on his show that were black and they'd be like, <laughs> so I hear that you're black. <laughs> it's just the way, <laughs> the way you would introduce. Uh, it was just funny. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we big thanks to the Den of Geek for pointing out all the connections to Bialia on this one because uh, I didn't catch that reference when I was watching it. Uh, but this is kind of this random Middle East sequence where Wonder Woman catches up with Maxwell Lord, and that leads into the first major Wonder Woman action scene in an hour. An I hour no, and a half I, end of the movie. <clears throat> I forgot that, except for the intro. But still, except yeah, except for the intro, I had forgotten just how long it had been since Wonder Woman was in the costume until she dons it at this point. I'm just like, oh, that's why some, partially why some things felt off. I'm just like, oh, it's been a long ass time since Wonder Woman was Wonder Woman. I, that's uh, probably uh, why. It, I know it's, it's, it's bloated in the middle. Um, the, yeah. One thing I, since we brought the, the beginning real quick, the whole, yeah. like, I, I feel like again, since stranger things, there's such an association mm-hmm. of the mall with, yeah. Uh, with the 80s and I know it was a big deal probably the you know and it was they were big in the 90s too look at Mallrats Kevin Smith film but yeah um it's still like you could have done something else I don't know I don't know what they could have done but it's just seems like we we just saw this in Stranger Things you know 
this whole yeah. mall yeah, obsession. Yeah, no, I hear that. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't have to even be the mall. Like it. It's an <laughs> like antique it store. In the, what antique store in the fucking mall in the first place? <laughs> you got Walden books in the motherfucker. You got Aladdin's castle, old school arcades yeah. up in this motherfucker. But they. <laughs> There's all sorts of ways they could have incorporated that. Better. Know, we're we're sort of backseat driving. I get it. It's very hard mm-hmm. to tell a movie to tell a story. Um, other than the rape shit, most of this is very minor. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah. We just like nitpicking everybody. <laughs> and I wish Marina Sirtis was Queen Bay now. <laughs> <laughs> Please bring her into the Black Adam universe. Uh, let's see. I also... Uh, I like the truck sequence in terms of the action, but my problem with it from a narrative standpoint is that like all it really does is just have, have Wonder Woman find out that Max is the stone. I'm like, eh... I don't oh. know if we needed this much elaboration on it, but I mean, it was nice to get an action sequence. So Most action sequences do not move the plot forward very much, Ben. We all must remember that. <laughs> um, it does elongate this, the storytelling <laughs> process, but mm-hmm. um, uh, the spectacle of, of cinema, Ben, the spectacle yes, of cinema, I get it. it can elongate. I don't know. I think it was fine. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I you know that scene was mostly good. I think that scene was okay. Losing the powers, it does kind of set up that her losing the powers. I just felt that it was a little weird in terms of like she's like we don't really know the level in terms of her losing it because she's still able to be Wonder Woman and handle herself well after that sequence. You know, she shows at the White House and and sure Cheetah beats her ass, but Cheetah was kind of beating her ass in the later sequence anyway. So you know, right? Um. I wasn't really a huge critic of them having Wonder Woman's powers, you know, being lost. Um, I I know some people thought I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't super into it, but I wasn't super critical of it either. You know, that's fine. You know, that's fine. You know, superheroes lose their powers. It happens a lot. Part of it, yeah. In terms of like, there's going to come at some sacrifice uh, to it, but uh, people did point out the similarity between. Uh, this movie and Superman 2 where Superman gives up his powers to be with Lois only for the villains from Krypton to show up and uh, also invade the White House so yeah that's a the Donner influence is nuts in this movie yeah yeah um, I just felt like it was not nearly as explored compared to like Superman 2 or Spider-Man 2 because this movie is just full and packed enough of ideas as it is so oh well uh, yeah. let's see uh, but there was a time where Wonder Woman did not have powers. So this leads into an interesting part of uh, comic book history. In 1968, she had to surrender her power in order to take care of Steve Trevor rather than join the Amazons. This seems like it's completely yeah. a regressive She becomes a spy or something? Yeah, she learns... Yeah, she gets, like, martial arts training and wears... This is where sometimes you see Wonder Woman in an outfit that's not, you know, the TRR and the brassiere yeah, and the, yeah. the standard stuff. That, that comes from this period of time. Uh, where she was kind of just a, seems like she's just a female James Bond type of thing, which seems re- a lot less interesting. Yeah, uh, I think there was <coughs> there was a um, there's a documentary. I forget which one it was. I've seen a lot of superhero documentaries at this point, but right. I think the creator of that series was uh, he, he sort of uh, noticed the error of it after after it was all said and done. He was saying mm-hmm. that, like, you know, it's not exactly a progressive movement to make a, a woman superhero lose her powers in, in, in an arena where all the men have superpowers. 
you know. Right. He's trying to make her more realistic, I guess, but in, in, in this fantasy world of superheroes, it's a, kind of a step back, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, he noticed that there were, there were errors. It's kind of an error with that, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, so how did Wonder Woman get back her powers? And that's where we bring in she Glorious Glorious Dynam. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Glorious Dynam had uh basically her own magazine called Ms. M S period. And um she wanted to put Wonder Woman on it, but uh she was apparently horrified to learn that Wonder Woman was not the Wonder Woman she grew up with when, and instead was this what I'm talking woman about. With no Superpowers. Tell him, Gloria. Gave up her superpowers. She gave up her superpowers in order to be with a man. So <laughs> <coughs> they decided this was not good. And due to this, and due to Gloria Steinem insisting on it, DC gave Diana back her powers. I think Gloria, Gloria needed to Steinem. be in the writing room on this motherfucker. Afraid for. <laughs> I think so. I think we need her back. <laughs> She's still alive. Uh, <laughs> we need. We need her back, I think. <laughs> we need her back in the writer's room. Yeah. On the next Wonder Woman movie. She need to take a pass at that script real quick. <laughs> before we get to that third one. Yes, yes. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all. But yeah, there's a lot of weirdness, as you can see, in the Wonder Woman history uh, when we come to this. So Wonder Woman's that got some weirdness, and they all do. But like, you know that egg yeah. villain, egg foo or whatever? <laughs> it's like kind of racist against Chinese people. I know there's uh, a lot of, man, lot of racism at that Woman time, three. but... <laughs> Ken Jeong is Egg Fu in <laughs> yeah, Wonder Woman it's 3. It's not good, man. It's not <laughs> Did you good. die? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, that'd did be you, terrible. Did you die? <laughs> did you <laughs> die, Wonder Woman? <laughs> He's got like that egg. <laughs> but did He's you die? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, dude. <laughs> Part of me wants it now, but it's still very racist. It's so racist, yeah. Oh, shit. But oh, what if man. they did a non... No, they can't. I was thinking of there's a way to, like, redo it to where it's not... But it's just so... It's like trying to make a Nazi not racist, almost. Yeah, yeah anyway, it's no, not you'd good. Have to, you'd it's have to good. completely... It's not good you'd have practice. to do a completely other different type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, we have... Now, Wonder Woman is losing her powers in Cairo. She's not sure what to do. Uh, and... She finds out from Barbara about there's more information that she can get from uh, this Mayan dude who's also Indian, who's also a Rastafari. Somebody brought this up on Twitter. Dude, this guy. Uh, he looked kind of white ultimately too, right? Or no? Uh, he seemed like he was Indian, but th- th- this okay. is the best part. So uh, this Twitter user, at David Chensky, I'm going to just quote him in terms of what his critique was this. He says, quote, there's a scene from Wonder Woman 1984 where a South Asian man plays a Rastafarian who interprets ancient Mayan hieroglyphics. And at that point, I feel like the filmmakers miscalibrated their diversity and representation machine. I'm like, that is kind of weird that this this dude's a Mayan with dreadlocks and his real name is Frank Patel, which means that he's Indian. Right, right. So, Uh, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's... uh, (laughs) I forgot about actually forgot about that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it could have been handled well, he, so much better. <laughs> I'm also not really sure how much we needed him because it could have just been Barbara getting the Barbara or Diana getting the information. You got two perfectly capable people who study history. Right, right, right. Do I need Simplify this? the script, man. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, it's just wild. So, and flex, Diana <coughs> believes believes he's the right guy just from what? Just from hearing a description about who he is. Remember, like she kind of believes. She hasn't even met the guy yet. It's yeah, 
it's it's sloppy. Like he I, didn't I, really need to be in this. It, it's weird. Like people, there's like this line you got to toe from like, okay, we're forgiving this because it's a comic book movie. Okay, we're mm-hmm. not forgiving this because it just doesn't make any sense at all. Like it, everybody's mm-hmm. going to be different from where that line is. But yep. so I don't know, man. Anyway, it's 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 a minor. It's minor. Yeah, yeah. It's a more it's a more minor part. So yeah. Anyways, that's what we get for. Uh, <coughs> that's what we get in terms of the exposition that we have here. But uh, Wonder Woman sees that they have to find some way to stop Max, and this is where sort of there's the divergence from Cheetah because Barbara doesn't want to give up her wish, but we know that Diana doesn't really want to give it up either, and she even agrees with Barbara. It's okay because she gets like two wishes, good. apparently, so it's all good. Well, also, she gets two wishes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, while I was watching it, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I was thinking, okay, she made her wish on the stone, but then she makes another wish, Barbara, makes another yeah. wish on uh, Maxwell Lord. Max. So I was thinking, does it kind of re-up after... You know, but then again, he's still, he is the stone. He is the stone, yeah. Like, the thing is, magic logic is so hard to deal with, but it, it is kind of like, it kind of feels like she got two wishes, and maybe it's because it was re-upped after he became the stone. I don't know. Maybe. It's weird. <clears throat> and then also the son gets at least two, because remember, like, he his son wishes, and then that becomes a thing, but then later on, you know, his son tries his wish again, but it doesn't work because he's like, I wish you were here with me. Was that but then it's like his wishing for greatness? Do you think that was a setup for a villain? The Who's son? that? Like the his son his wishes son? to be great like his dad. Uh, I, fe- I felt like that was going to be like a sequel setup thing. Alistair Lord. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool name, dude. Alistair Lord. That is a cool name. That Let's is a make cool him name. the next villain. <laughs> him along with I mean, Kim hey, Jong-un and Egg Fu. <laughs> <laughs> Diabolical. Kim Jong Un, <laughs> straight up. Instead of Kim diabolical. Jong. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Wonder Woman's like the ultimate it. justice warrior, and like all the villains yeah. are super racist. <laughs> <He's> just <laughs> we will not be doing a sketch on that idea. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but that's that's okay. Anyway, all right. I'll be egg food. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I don't, I take all this back. I feel like I went I went down the wrong path. I'm sorry. I take it. I renounce it. I renounce it. I renounce my wish. Yes, uh, I renounce my wish. Uh, anyway, so now we've got we've set up that Diana wants to go after Maxwell Lord because Maxwell Lord is now the stone. Barbara doesn't want her to help renounce the wishes, but she also knows that Diana agrees with her. So. Don't ask me how that works, but anyway, yeah, right, right, I, I right. think this is a good place for us to end at the moment because we got a lot of other stuff to cover for, uh, I guess, the final hour of this movie right? Uh, that we got here. So that is superhero stuff you should know. Uh, all right, so let, let's go into the shout-outs for this week for our fans. Thank you very much for you guys who commented on it. Uh, so one of those is Captain Beastwinger. He's Again, back. he's back. Yes. The captain's back, said, y'all. Uh, with Michael Keaton probably returning in Flashpoint, do you wish it would lead Batman Beyond or lead into Batman Beyond? If so, how do you think it would work in Everybody the wants it, Ben. I, you know, everybody wants it. I want it. Uh, it's <laughs> like we already saw <laughs> Affleck's clearly The Dark Knight Returns Batman from right. the whole Batman-Superman fight. We also saw Kevin Conroy as the Kingdom Come type of Superman with some differences of course in the crisis on infinite earth thing and cw 
Batman Beyond is probably the most popular among comic fans and non-comic fans alike. You know, because some people who are familiar with the comics might not necessarily know Kingdom Come, but they know Batman Beyond because they fucking grew up with it. More so, so yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah it's animated. Yeah. I mean, it's a show. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's natural to see Keaton in a Batman Beyond type of setting. I think he'd be great for it in terms of it working with the Burton verse. The you know, it just depends on what that Burton Gotham would look like in the future. Uh, okay, I think it could be pulled off. Um, Beast Winger also says. P.S. Talk about Crisis on Infinite Earths saying Keaton captures the Joker and how that probably means there's like a second Joker. Um, I'm not really sure if that's going to be anything, if they were really setting up anything. It feels like there was an Easter egg type of deal that they have there because obviously Joker's dead in the 89 continuity, but maybe there's a second one they're trying to say. Maybe it's a Return of the Joker type of situation where he had a Robin who then gets his body taken over. Again, okay. another body taken over thing, uh, <laughs> of like in Return of the Joker, uh, right. but it, it could be uh, that sort of thing. But I have a feeling because you know the CW writers are uh, you know a different creative team and they're on DC TV versus the DC films. That uh, that's probably I doubt it's going to be something that they're going to really play along with. If they do, that's great. But okay, uh, I have a feeling that's not really going to go anywhere. Okay. Uh, next is from, and forgive me if I butcher your last name, Adam Frakowiak. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can let us know if that was correct. Frakowiak? Uh, yeah. F-R-A-C-K-O-W-I-A-K. So, okay. Uh, he said, this was a comment on our uh, deep dive into the Robin's origins, into the 80th anniversary, uh, where we were talking about the New 52 version and how in the Kyle Higgins take, Dick Grayson is on the computer a lot in the Batcave as part of his training leading up to him becoming Robin. Wikipedia. Uh, and Adam said, quote, Yeah, I thought that I had the original idea for making Robin first Oracle to my headcanon, and I say it as a person who never read a thing from New 52. Uh, QUQ. Great analysis as usual. Good job. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Um, let's see. Last one is from uh, SDCT Productions, who had made the comment to us about how uh, you know this podcast is sort of been a big refuge for him and we commented on that in our year end episode he went into more details for us uh on youtube saying quote thank you for the shout out so i feel like i owe some additional color so long story short i faced some dark times in 2020 just like all of you i have loved ones who have suffered due to covid um my i'm very sorry about that uh, i caught it myself and had some long haul symptoms again very sorry about that uh, I also have health anxiety, which made this worse, so I ended up in a dark place and stopped doing the things I loved, like being creative. Then I started binging some stuff to keep myself grounded while I worked from home. I listened to the Batman 1982 episode, and Ben's passion on the subject caused two things. One, it made me want to read all of these scripts he talked about, including Year One, 82, and Dark Knight. Two, reading these scripts made me want to be more creative. So I am trying to see if this is a pro- if there is a project I can work on while I am shut in. I'm also reading things I have never read before, like I dug up strange apparitions, thanks to Ben. So yeah, at my most depressed, most dark, this pulled me out. So thank, so yes, thank you, gentlemen, and hopefully 2021 is better. Signed, Jeffrey Scott Richards. So <clears throat> thank you very much, Jeffrey. That means a lot to us. Uh, it, it does. Uh, I mean, no offense to any of our other commenters, but that's maybe the best one so the best. far. Yeah. Um, sorry, Beast Winger and Adam. Yeah, I uh, mean, <laughs> sorry everybody else, but you know. That's uh, heartfelt mm. and, like, you know, we, I guess, help somebody with a little bit of comedy slash information through a tough yeah. year. You so, know, like, it's, yeah, and that's that's really what 
we we put this out there because we have a passion for superheroes, obviously, and wanting to share information. But also, we you know, I, I this was a kind of a year in 2020 where a lot of people were shut in, and just to provide a little bit of entertainment and spark some interest into these types of things. Right, right, right. You know, is was the was the goal, and to hear that we we made that impact is is fantastic on that end and i hope we continue to do that we strive to continue and keep up that quality with you guys right here right right on the show so thank you very much yes thank and you and i think that is it for the youtube comments over to you andrew okay uh yeah thanks again everybody so uh thanks to our uh patrons on patreon and to uh our other supporters uh their names are as always Kukin Hams, Matt Herring, Elijah B, Shamrock Bowles, Aaron Willett, Ian H, Dan D, Leomo, Super Inframan, and Douglas P. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please join the Shasta Army. That's our one dollar tier on on Patreon.com/slash Superhero Stuff Pod. One dollar tier gets you these here shoutouts. Five dollar tier uh, gets you. Uh, an extra hole of the show, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. It's our bonus feed. Uh, cancel any time. It's almost like a dollar an episode because we do one every week. Um, regular show comes out on Monday. Patreon show comes out on Friday. So, uh, yeah, every Friday. Check it out. And, uh, again, that's a $5 tier. Superhouse mm-hmm. merch. Uh, you know, Indeed Man. Uh, uh, not indeed, man. Indeed, indeed wizard, man. <laughs> and then be, <laughs> that's the next one. And then Ben Man uh, characters <laughs> by Wolfie. Uh, mm-hmm. They are at our Redbubble store. So that's superhousepod.redbubble.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check that out. Redbubble's like T Public. It's like that kind of thing. If you know about that. Uh, so yeah, check that out. We have like mugs, stickers, all that stuff. So check it out if you want. And uh, then uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Please uh, use your voice recorder app on your phone. Leave us a recording uh, that can be pretty much whatever. And then uh, send that voice recording to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. My other YouTube channel is Thunderwolf Lives. So I actually have this this time. Uh, the, the URL is youtube.com slash user slash thunderwolf lives and also thunderwolflives.com is my uh, basically my portfolio website so that's all the other shit I'm doing online that's not this podcast here mm-hmm. uh, and I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter and if you're just listening to the audio version of the podcast we have basically a Joe Rogan style of uh you know, of the pod video version of this exact same thing on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube already, uh, superhero stuff, you should know, uh, on YouTube. So, uh, anyway, I think that's it for me, Ben. You can also follow us on Instagram at superhero stuff pod, as well as follow me on Instagram at Ben one writer. Uh, we are also on Twitter at Superhouse pod. Uh, and that is it. I believe for wonder woman did what, part two what? Uh, there will be a part three where we wrap up this movie and talk about everything from the uh the lasso of truth hysteria uh the white house sequence flight cheetah maxwell lord all the good stuff everything else is in this. all the good shit so uh stay tuned for that and thank you very much for that shit <laughs> thank you very much for listening and for watching take care
Bye-bye.